Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. This morning, I am going to begin a new series, if you could pull that up kindly, entitled, What About Monday? So here we are on Sunday. And I look around, I, I could say you're smiling faces, but I can't see them if they were anyway, but uh, you all look like the most wonderful group of Jesus followers on the face of the earth. But it's Sunday. What about Monday? As my Bible school president used to say, it's not how high you jump on Sunday, it's how you walk on Monday. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good. Let me tell you why this message is so crucial at this hour. Okay, listen. Our country is moving further from God. People don't have a clue. They no longer have any, any sense of who God is. The closest thing that they know of God is the life that you live. You understand? And so, so you're a reflection to them of who Jesus is. That's why the Bible says that we are to be, and by the way, there's notes in your bulletin. There's also notes on the app. And if you have not yet downloaded the church app, please do so. Yesterday I sent out a push notification. If you have the app about noon, letting everybody know that we wouldn't be having an early service. And, and so there, just take advantage of the ways that we have to get the word out. If you're not taking advantage of them, you're not gonna know. So Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love as just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, for a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So today I want to talk about one of the keys to making sure that your Monday looks like your Sunday. And you understand what I'm saying there, right? That you could live this out on a Monday morning, amen? All right, first of all, it is important to note that none of us, that includes you and me, can live for Jesus in and of ourselves, our own strength, our own ability. You can't pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, man, I'm gonna make my life look more like Jesus. That's the first step in understanding living on Monday is that you can't do it in and of yourself. Your best effort will only frustrate you. It goes like this. You're going to wake up tomorrow and you say, you know what? I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to really try to be more patient. Well, it's not going to be long. You're going to be saying, what's taking me so long to be more patient? I'm going to be more loving this morning. I'm just going to love on my family more than I ever have. And all the kids wake up, and they're, they're running around like a bunch of zombies. You're like, get it. what's the matter with this house? Are you listening? You can't look like Jesus through self-effort. You know how I know that? Say how, Pastor. Because the Bible says this. I know, Paul writes, that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, right? How can you live for Jesus 
if in and of yourself there's nothing good. And when it says nothing good, that means at the center of self is self. And no matter what you try to do about that, without the Lord, still self. Okay? Let, let me say it this way. Nothing good does not produce good. All right, that was, a good, that was a good amen spot. All right, help me out here, all right? I know it's an unusual morning. First of all, it is nice to, uh, not very often that we get to uh, kind of have an opportunity for both services to be together, uh, howbeit on a, on a kind of a crazy weather day. But nonetheless, nothing good cannot produce good. You can try as hard as you want, but it's not gonna happen. Let, let, me, let me put it this way, okay? How much did your life look like Jesus before you knew Jesus? So, so what makes you think, in and of your own strength, you can now do what you couldn't do in and of your own strength before? Are right, you listening? Listen, I'll be honest. There are people who walk away from Jesus because of what I'm telling you right now. In other words, they get saved and they're like, man, I'm gonna try hard to be a good Christian. And they get frustrated because you can't do it in your own effort. And some of them end up backsliding and say, well, I guess this just isn't for me. And God doesn't let you reach that point of frustration with intention of you walking away. He wants you to reach that point of frustration to be able to look up and say, God, I can't do this. And Jesus says, great. That's the first step in living for me on Monday is realizing if you're going to live for me, you need me to do what you can't do in and of yourself. If you understand that, say amen. That's why... Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Well, how many know it's the desires of the sinful nature that get us in trouble? I don't, I don't want to be patient. I want it now. Come on, I don't want to be so kind and loving. Come on, somebody. L listen, listen. Maybe I'll help you with this, okay? This is not a rehabilitation center. You know, you know what a rehabilitation center is? Man, my elbow's not working so good, doctor. Well, let's, let's give you some therapy, and we'll try to make the elbow better than it was. All right, this, that does not work in Christianity. You cannot rehabilitate nothing good. When the doctors say there's nothing good in that joint, what's next? Yeah, Transformation. Transformation. We are a transformation center. Because when Jesus comes in, he doesn't come in to rehabilitate. He comes to transform. Come on, somebody. To take what was dead and bring it to life and to give to you brand new life. So what about Monday? How about this one? Live by the Spirit. Let, let, let's talk about the Holy Spirit for just a moment. We know that God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, we say, well, Pastor, one plus one plus one is, is three. Are, are there three gods? No, there's one God. He exists as three distinctions. How about this way? One times one times one. Still equals, yeah, so perhaps we could say God is a multiplicity. He's three in one. When you received Jesus as your Savior, 
Now, we, we say, you know, you invite Jesus into your heart, but in technicality, who's really coming in to stay? It's, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, because all three are one, and it doesn't really matter whether you say Jesus lives in there or the Holy Spirit, we understand the, the gist of this, but, but technically, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. Can you say amen? All right? He came to do what you could not do in and of yourself. Amen? Now, now let, let, me, let me just back up for a moment and take you back to what this looked like as Jesus was telling his disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit, all right? As, as Jesus started talking to his disciples about his death and him leaving them, they weren't real happy about that. How, how are we gonna get by? How are we gonna do this without you here? I mean, when you're here, this is easy. If we can't do it, we're like, hey, Jesus, we couldn't do it. Hey, take over. But now you're going to leave us. And Jesus told them these words in John 16, 7. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, do you think when Jesus said that, all the disciples are like, yeah, it's great. To our advantage that you're leaving. No, they're doing this way. No. But here's what Jesus says. If I do not go away... The helper, who is the helper? Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, helper is one of his names, shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, here's what the disciples didn't understand when Jesus said these words, but later came to understand when the Holy Spirit came to them, all right? When Jesus was with them, because Jesus was limited to a body, when Jesus said, you guys stay here, I'm going over there. They were away from him in that moment. Let me try this side. When Jesus sent them out two by two, they were going without him. Now, now in a sense, his power was going with them, okay? So, so because Jesus was limited to a human body, you know, they couldn't always round the clock be with them. But the reason it would be to their advantage that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came, is because when the Holy Spirit comes in, he comes in to stay, and he is your helper 24-7. Come on, what about Monday? How about the Holy Spirit who is there to help you live for Jesus all week long? Can somebody say amen? All right, he will empower you, all right? The Holy Spirit is always there to help you because he in Scripture is called your helper, okay? So, so, so going back, Lord, I, I need to be more patient. Think about this with me. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, how patient is he? Yeah, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you just do what I can't do? I know you're so patient, you're so kind, you're so awesome. Lord, I'm just gonna let you be what I can't be. You see, now look, it's not automatic that just because the Holy Spirit moved in that you are now led of him. Because that nothing good still lives in you. So you have to yield, surrender, let him know that you're willing to, to let him lead the way. Are you listening? You have to, in a sense, ask him to help, him, help you. I like the word yield, if you will. Romans 6.13 says it this way. Do not let any part of your body 
become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. The King, the King James says yield. For you were dead, but now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. What I'm telling you this morning is what sets Christianity apart from any other religion. Listen to me for a moment, okay? Buddha, Buddha. Buddha had some nice things to say. He, he said, hey, uh, if you could just deny yourself any form of earthly pleasure, sell everything, live in your underwear, you would reach nirvana. Okay, now I would agree that earthly pleasures and desires can get us in trouble. The only problem is Buddha can't help you to get rid of any earthly desires that aren't good. You know why? Somebody say why. Because Buddha's dead. Confucius basically said, hey, keep learning and live a good moral life. The problem is Confucius has no answer for the nothing good that would keep you from living an exceedingly moral life. Mohammed laid out the five pillars for his followers to follow, but at the end of the day, Mohammed says, hey, do your best, but I still can't guarantee you heaven. Are you listening this morning? But Jesus, Jesus said, when I go, I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not just going to come and walk with you. I'm going to live in you. Come on, somebody. He can help you. So why would you try to do what you're going to miserably fail in doing? I don't, I don't know about you, but man, I don't like, like, I don't like to purposely strike out. Purposely flub up, mess up, make something that doesn't work. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to succeed. Anybody here want to succeed? I'm, I'm trying to help you this morning, all right? The key to success in the Christian life is not pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and saying, man, I'm going to do better at this. I'm going I'm I'm to rehabilitate myself. Not going to work. Come on, the work's already been done. He died, sent the Holy Spirit to live in you. Come on, somebody. I love, and, and let, me, let me just say to somebody here today, somebody listening online, you, you, you may make as an excuse not becoming a Christian because you know what the Bible says about how you're to live. And you say, well, I don't think I can live that way because I have desires that are in opposition to what the Bible says I should live. And so, so you stiff-arm Jesus because you don't see how you could ever end up living like that. Listen, you underestimate the transforming power of God and what happens when you surrender to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in with brand new desires and makes you a brand new creation. Come on, somebody. If you know you need forgiven and you know you need God, can't you trust God to do in you what he needs to do to make you live like you ought to live? Can you say amen? Listen, Isaiah 43, 19. Look at that verse. Look at the sign, all right? That's where it comes from, all right? See, or behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? All right? It springs up. How much, how much effort does that sound like is involved in it springing up? 
Yeah, it sounds like more, you just, you just have to let it spring up. You just have to make room for that thing to spring up, for that new thing. Come on, amen. Amen? Listen, when I was born again at 18 years of age, all right, we, we, we went to church every Sunday as a family. It was just a, it was my Sunday routine. More, more or less, I had to go to church because that's what my family did. Man, when I got saved and the Holy Spirit moved in, I wanted to go to church. All right, four of you. Yeah, you understand? It was different now. Man, I, I want to be with the Lord. I want to be with God's people. Uh, I get to go to church. You understand? That, that was his work in me. That wasn't my own. Peter is a great example of self-effort versus the Holy Spirit. On the night before Jesus' death, Jesus looks right at Peter and says, look, before the cock crows twice tomorrow, you're gonna deny me. What did Peter say? Uh, not me, I'm a tough fisherman. I gotta do that, man. I, I, got, I got the strength to stand against that, did he? And, and it's even funny who he felt, it was, it was a little servant girl. Hey, you're one of them, you're one of those disciples, aren't you? No. Oh. He denied it to the point that he cursed to show that he was not a follower. I mean, a miserable failure because he tried to do it in his own strength. And what's interesting is that was never, it was never Jesus' intention that Peter would fail and fall away. And Peter repented, he, he, he God. But 40 days later, Peter, about 50 days later, I should say, by the time the Lord appeared to them for 40 days and they waited about a week, all right? And then, Jesus, then Peter, along with the other disciples, was filled with the Spirit, right? And so on that day, this large crowd gathers because of the, the signs that go along with the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and Peter stands up, and I mean, he is boldly. He says, therefore, let all, all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. I mean, he couldn't even stand for the Lord in front of a servant girl. Now he's saying it to this large Jewish crowd unashamedly. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And what was the result of Peter's spirit-filled message? He says those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, do you think at the end of the day, when the apostles were talking about what happened that day, Peter's like, yeah, look what I did. Look what I did, man. I, yes, sir, I stood right up, pulled myself up by the boot pants, preached hard, look what, look what I did. You think that's what Peter said? No, Peter had come to a place where he knew what he was capable of in and of himself. And Peter that day was saying, look what the Lord has done. Do, do, look what the Lord has done. Come on, somebody. And the beauty of the Christian life is when you begin to surrender to the Holy Spirit and realize that you're living in a way that you could never live in and of yourself. Then you can sing, look what the Lord has done. I could never be that patient. Look what the Lord has done. I could never be that loving. Look what, come on, somebody. God help us. Amen. 
listen, listen. One more time. If, if I tell you this 10 times a year, I probably do. But somebody's going to get it today. I do not wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, Ed, this is your day. Ed, you're going to conquer this day. 2022, Ed, this is your year. No, sir. No, sir. I look in that mirror and I say, Holy Spirit, I yield to you today. If there's any good thing that's going to happen out of this life today, it's going to be because you spring up and you do it. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen? Encourage you to do the same. Wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Look, look around the world right now. This world is a mess. And you know why it's a mess? Say why. Because when man gets his hand on things without God, it becomes a mess. Why would you look at the mess of this world and then think you could do better in your own strength? Why would you rely on your limited human strength when you have the unlimited power and resources of the Holy Spirit? See, Jesus gave us this example. Listen, Jesus was still God when he became a man. He was God in the flesh. He set an example to, to us by being reliant totally upon the Father when he was here. How many know Philippians says he emptied himself? He, he emptied himself. Okay, to the point that Jesus said these words. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. Okay, now let, let's understand this. Okay, so Jesus could do nothing by himself but you're going to do something by yourself? Jesus, who was God in a human body, said, I can do nothing by myself. But you're going to pull up your bootstraps and say, look what I'm going to do today. Come on, anybody getting this this morning? He can only do what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. So the starting point of living for Jesus on Monday is the recognition that I can't do it in and of myself. And then secondly, you, you yield to him. Lord, I need you today. And then you head into your day. And, and somebody wanted to ask, well, Pastor, does the Bible give us any advice about how we can you know, stay full of the Spirit? How we can, yeah, it's one thing to look in the mirror and say, I yield to you, Holy Spirit, but then I have to deal with the day. Does the Bible give us any advice on how we can, if you will, walk full of the Holy Spirit? And did I, did I make this backwards? Hold on, hold on. Okay, I am missing the first part of Ephesians 5, but I want you to listen, okay? Then we're gonna get to what's up on the screen. Paul writes, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, say instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now we reach it. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, now why does he compare getting drunk on wine with being full of the Spirit? Because if you're going to get drunk on wine and stay drunk on wine, you have to, you have to keep drinking. All right? So, so Paul says, just like people who stay drunk, keep drinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how you can keep drinking of the new wine. You're going you're gonna to walk around with a melody in your heart, and you're going to be thankful. All right? I got one head nod from Pastor Jared over here. All right? You're going to choose to walk around with a song in your heart, and you're going to be thankful. Because if you haven't figured this out yet, praise attracts Holy Spirit. When you all engage and your praise goes up, Holy Spirit is pleased as our eyes are on Jesus, and he comes. Well, that works in your day. Right? That's what it says. Sing and make music in your heart, all right? So you keep praising and you stay thankful throughout the day. You say, well, what if I can't think of a song to sing? How about this one? He put a new song in my mouth. How about making up your own? Jesus, well, you're good, Lord, and I have a Monday to live for you. That may never make Maverick City, but it's my song. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Amen? Not only that, how many of you have a smartphone? Okay. Yeah, you ever hear the ad on TV, if you have a phone, you have a lawyer? I, th- I think that's courtesy of science and Kirk, I believe, all right? Listen, if, if you have a phone, you've got some praise. YouTube, Spotify, you might not know this, Eastern Assembly has a playlist on Spotify that you can tap into with songs that we sing here. Come on, if you got a phone, uh, you got some praise. You got a car radio, How many of you know what 95.1 is? Shine FM. Come on, somebody. You got some praise. Write it down there. I think that's an answer, all right? If you have a phone, you have some praise music. Are you you listening to what I'm saying? Come on, you got got to see the progression. Lord, if I'm going to live for you tomorrow, it ain't going to be me. It's going to be Holy Spirit who lives in me. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. And as I go into my day, I'm going to go into my day singing his praise and being quick to give thanks, it's a way to keep filling. If you don't believe that, just be reminded of what happened when Paul and Silas chose to thank God while in a Philippian prison. Whole prison was shaken, all right? Now listen, let me tell you what happened when I got saved. And and what I mean is, is what was happening in our culture, okay? I got saved in 1979 in the midst of, maybe towards the tail end of what was called the charismatic movement. Okay, how many of you were around, were saved in the, in the 70s during the charismatic movement? Let me, let me see your hand, all right. All right, oh, actually not, not a lot of you, but some of you, all right. So, so let me fill you in. What was happening during the charismatic movement is the Holy Spirit began to invade denominational churches. And he invaded that because people were getting hungry. And you see in this picture, you, you see the priests there with their hands raised. And there were Catholics who were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. There were Lutherans getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. One of the prayers that I prayed after I got saved, I was raised in a Lutheran church, got saved in an Assembly of God church, and I, I cared about the church my parents went to. And I prayed, I said, Lord, 
Would you send them a pastor who's definitely saved? Not only did God send them a pastor who was definitely saved, he sent them a charismatic Lutheran pastor who had Holy Spirit services and healing services in the dead church that I was raised in that came alive. Holy Spirit. People were hungry. People would go on a Friday night to a charismatic healing service or a charismatic Holy Spirit service because they wanted to have an encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of you, when you woke up this morning, says, man, I can't wait to get to church because I want to have an encounter with the Holy. I want him to stir my heart, to work in me. Come on. I went, so I got saved. I was 18 years old when I got saved. And, and shortly thereafter, I was invited by a friend to this couple's house. They were, they were spirit-filled Episcopalians. I can't even hardly say that word. Episcopalians. I think their last name was Hud- K. Hudgens. I don't remember. Elmer and K. Hudgens. Boy, Lord, I, don't, I haven't remembered that name for years. And we would walk in. There was maybe 15 of us in their home in a circle. We'd pray together. We'd worship. They'd teach a little on the whole, these are Episcopalians teaching me at 18 how to live a spirit-filled life. I mean, God, God was at work across denominations and people. Part of this was the Jesus movement that happened, uh, started out in California where thousands of hippies started coming to Christ and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, listen, that was in the 70s. You think we might need some of that again in the year 2022? You you, you think some of that power and anointing we might need even more? Listen, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at a Jesus festival in the hills of Pennsylvania where 10,000 young people gathered together on this farm just because we were hungry and we wanted more. Come on, is there anybody here today they would say, I want more. I want Holy Spirit to help me. Come on. How, how about, what about Monday? How about this one? Not only walking full, but how about being open to his promptings? What, what if you're going about your day tomorrow and you're yielded to the Holy Spirit and you got a song in your heart and suddenly you just feel this impression? Why don't you go invite that person over there to church? Or your workmates telling about the pain in your shoulder and their shoulder and the thought comes, why don't you pray for them? Come on, Holy Spirit wants to, wants to spring up some desires in you so that you can be a blessing to other people. I love the story that happened this week. Uh, how about the crazy lineup of cars down in Virginia on 95 with the snowstorm that happened earlier in the week? And uh, there was a couple there. I don't, I don't know if they're Christians or not, uh, but, but I believe this is the kind of idea the Holy Spirit can give you. And they're sitting there with a Schmidt bread truck, uh, you know, within their sight. Maybe it was right next to them. I don't know. And, and they had this thought, well, all these people are stuck here. They're probably hungry. So they called the headquarters of Schmidt's Bakery and said, can we get permission for you to open that truck and we could all eat some bread? And the owner of Schmidt Bakery, and by the way, Schmidt Bakery is headquartered here in Baltimore. The owner called them back and said, take your phone while I'm on the phone and go knock on the door of the truck. And when the truck driver answers, hand him the phone. Truck driver opens his door. They said, here, hey, I am the owner of Schmidt's Bakery. Open the back door. 
Come on. And, and, and news of that kind of spread across the country because of one person's idea that acted on that idea. And I believe that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. He wants to give us ideas that if we'll act on them, come on, somebody. But he can't give you ideas. It, it all goes back. He, you know, if you go back to square one, he can't give you ideas if you still think you can do this in and of yourself. Well, I don't know, I'll figure this out on my own. Come on, first step. I can't do it without him. If I go into tomorrow looking in that mirror and saying, I'm gonna live better today than I did yesterday, it's not gonna work. Come on. Oh, there might be some things you could do better. You might commit yourself to go to the gym and look better, but, but, but human attributes and human achievements don't bring glory to God. It, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in you that does that, right? So first I need to recognize I need him. Then I need to invite him. Then I need to understand what's gonna attract him throughout the day. I'm gonna keep singing. You say, Pastor, I can't sing. You can make a joyful nose. Who cares? Come on, somebody. You can hum. Keep a song in your heart. I'm gonna be thankful. And then I'm gonna be open to his promptings throughout the day. Listen, today is Sunday. Tomorrow is Monday. Tomorrow, in some ways, is what really counts when it comes to our impact on the world. Today, today is about getting filled up so we can go into Monday and make a difference. And I pray that Zechariah 4.6 will be your scripture tomorrow. Listen. Not by force, nor by strength. Zechariah says it's not going to be by my strength. Not going to be me trying to force myself into this. But by my spirit, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. Come on. Would you bow your heads in this place today? Would you bow your heads at home and just listen for a moment? Maybe there's somebody in the sound of my voice here in the sanctuary. Maybe you're at home. And, and the reason that you have never surrendered to Jesus is that you've, you've just thought of your own inability to live like you know you're going to have to live if you come to him. I'm telling you, that excuse will no longer work. Because God is going to empower you through the Holy Spirit. He is going to transform your life. He's not going to try to rehabilitate you. He's going to transform you. But you've got to open that door and let him in. If you're in this sanctuary or you're at home, I encourage you right now. I believe the Spirit of God is drawing you right now. Open the door of that heart and say, Lord Jesus, come in. Wash me clean. And Holy Spirit, I open the door, move in, transform my life in the name of Jesus. Listen to me, church. This world desperately needs believers to go forth on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, not relying on their own strength, but yielded to the Holy Spirit. I believe God's looking for some people to get hungry again, like happened in the 70s during the charismatic movement when people were like, I, I just want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to have an encounter with him and experience with him. I want to walk with him. I want him to lead me and guide me. Lord, would you stir that in hearts today, God? 
Show somebody here today that's frustrated with their inability to do it, that, Lord, that, that the next step is to just yield and say, Lord, now you do it. Now you do it. I'm going to invite you, church, to get out of your seats, if you're willing, and come to this altar as just a way of saying, Lord, I want to be more yielded. I want to be more open. I want to be more responsive. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be more just going into my day, allowing the Holy Spirit. Come on, you don't have to wait. The now is the time. Come on, at home. If you're home, say it. Say, I want more of you. I need you, Holy Spirit, so that I can live out, so that I can be an imitator of God, not because of my effort, but because the Holy Spirit, the God who's in me, is springing forth and doing a new thing. Do it, Lord, today. Come on, you don't have to wait till tomorrow morning in the mirror to yield. Right now is a good time just to say, Holy Spirit, do it. Do it, Holy Spirit. And then when he does it, make sure he gets the glory for it. Don't take credit for what he does. Holy Spirit, would you visit us today? God, I pray somebody who's never had a close encounter with the Holy Spirit that this day something would stir inside of them and they wouldn't quelch it. They'd just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have all of me. Do your work. Come on. Come on, would you, would you lift up your voice just for this moment before we begin to sing and just say, I yield to you, Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit. Come in your strength, in your power. I want you. I want your anointing. I want your presence. I want your empowerment so that I can live in a way that I can never live in and of myself. Lord, I, I will admit before you that in me nothing good dwells, but you are good, and the good Holy Spirit who's in me can do what I can never do in and of myself. So have your way, Holy Spirit. Do it for your glory, Jesus. Thank you.